you're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. This week, we're talking about prison breaks and heists, how you should run them, why you should run them, and what are the things you need to be thinking about when planning and preparing for them. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is the show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, the place to go if you want to get your hands on some really nice D&D dice. And when I say really nice, I'm talking resin, I'm talking metal, I'm talking glass, I'm talking... Mm, crystal yeah really nice dice uh, they've also got you know all the other things you could want like uh, the books that you need to play dungeons and dragons or dice rolling trays or bags to carry all the stuff around in you can have a look at their full catalog by going to the link in the description below and remember you can get 10 percent off the entire order that you make if you use the code we speak common at check out. We're also brought to you in partnership with Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B. Anna.com on the end, that's the website you can go to. <laughs> Sam, stop pulling faces at me. I'm really trying to focus here, buddy. I'm really trying to do the ad reads proud here. Come on. I'll turn that camera off. <laughs> Describe is the place to go. If you aren't very good at creative writing, if you can't come up with the amazing word magic that professional creative writers can, then they'll do it for you. You've got access to over 8,000 scenes of places and monsters, creatures, magic items, spells, things you can use as a player, things you can use as a DM. And to be honest, the list goes on and on. If you want to have a look at exactly what they've got going on, that box text that you can use in any game, there's about 500 free scenes that you can use right now. Follow the link below. And if you want full access, you can get it by subscribing using the code COMMON at checkout to get 10% off every Every single month for the first two years you are subscribed. As always, we'll talk about our wonderful uh, partners at some point during this episode. But right now, let's bring him back in, the ragamuffin that is, Mr. Sam, who has been sat... Hello. <laughs> you can put your camera back on now, mate. Uh, it's back on. Wait, he sat, no, it sat in front no, of me. Is. Oh, God. Sat in front of me pulling faces while I do the ad read. <laughs> I, no, genuinely, I'm so used to not doing episodes on camera. I usually Is do that. Is that what you do every, yes. every time? Every you sit single there and time. mouth along to the ad read. I will mouth along to all of the like bits that you do every single episode oh because God. I'm like, I know them now. <laughs> um, I usually, I was trying to look away so that I like just to not look at you mm. and I and I still broke I still You know laughed. Ben I'm just a mega fan and I feel like every time I come on an episode I have mm. to bring your professionalism just a little bit back Yeah, yeah <laughs> every other episode you are like top tier professionalism and then I come on and you're just like Sam just stop <laughs> everything's so, so, burning what what you're saying is that every episode you're on is rubbish in a car crash um, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Sorry. My apologies. My apologies. No, that, that was you, a bit you, too far. Oh, okay? I'm you really right? good. But, yeah? you know, really good in in the sense of a drug addict that hasn't had the drug they've needed for a long time. Um, Wait, but, hang on. You know, I, don't, I don't think you're saying what you think you're saying. Well, you know, I miss D&D, okay? 
Yeah, we haven't played our. We so played I've our... gone to other drugs instead of D and D, and I learned Warhammer. Warhammer. Why? Yeah, I just want to. These I are the lengths you know I've gone if, to. If you go down that route, I'm not. There's nothing I can do. You, you, I, you, I can't help you. It's just, it's just pure pain. Mm. But it was you really actually, fun. You actually had a good I time. I really enjoyed you? it. Mm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a good game. To be fair. Mm. It's expensive one. And, I, and, you know, beginner's luck, I won. All right. Were you playing against another so beginner? Fun. Uh, I was, to be fair. Yeah, well, there you go then. Um, yeah, yeah, we haven't played our uh, our main campaign, either of our main campaigns, for a month and a half, nearly two months now. I feel... I feel like that's a common trend at the beginning of episodes now. For the mm-hmm. for the past month, every episode has been like, hey, yeah, we haven't played D&D in a what? month. I still haven't played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I have, just not our ongoing main campaign. Not our main game, and I feel, it, it feels different when mm-hmm. we play our main game. It's like yeah. we get our fix and we can move on with our week, but none of us have had that for a while. Mm. And it's just like I don't see my friends every week anymore. So it's just like, oh, Sam. it's stressful. Tomorrow. Is it? Oh. Tomorrow Ooh. we play. And this then again on news. Thursday. This is very good news. This yeah. is like really exciting. Mm. I'm really looking forward to it. Um oh. I don't think I re- I don't think I remember how to play Dungeons and Dragons. But I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, it's just rolling some D4s, and if, if you get a four, you win. What, what are you talking about? Uh, just, that's how you play. That's not how you play at all. And <laughs> instead of writing backstories, you have to, like, draw your character? I mean, my character would be a stick man. Well, that just means that you've got low strength. Good to know. Okay. Anyway, um, well, apart from that, uh, you're all good. I'm good too, actually. I, I mean, I just ate some cashews and I did that horrible thing where you cut the inside of your mouth. So that's fun. Um, oh. So that's that's how my day's going. But no, I. But you, you know, you've had the worst day ever, Ben. I know it's been it's been a tough one. Fight in the inner inner part of your mouth is just not it. Mm. Yeah, he just, just thought I couldn't see like that. The, the the only thing that's worse is when you bite down on a crisp, but the crisp is vertical in your mouth and cuts into your oh. gum. Oh. Or when mm. you swallow a crisp and you haven't chewed it enough and it just slides down your throat and you're just like, ah, okay, okay. Too far. That's, that's too far. Um, I ran Tomb of Horrors uh, last week. You did. For and the, my brain like, was squeezed. You, you, struggle, think... you struggle with a funhouse dungeon, don't you? I really, like, this is... I'm sort of coming to terms with it now, and I'm like, I really do. I don't know mm. if it's it's just because there's uh, my brain needs to think about the puzzle. Yeah, it has to think about like all of the variables included in that puzzle. But then I also need to think about the room layout, which is mm. integral to the puzzle. So mm-hmm. my brain just sort of goes, I don't know. And then because I'm thinking very logically, because you in in. In Tomb of Forest especially, you're thinking more meta than mm. I feel like we do in any other session. So I go into that meta brain and I find it hard to switch it back into player brain or like character brain. 
Yeah, I get that. I think I think that style of dungeon is a very particular thing. Like you either like you, it's a bit marmitey. You love it or you hate it, kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but- I I still enjoyed it. There was still enjoyment that I could get out of it, but I definitely found it a lot more challenging than like any of our other games or one yeah. shots that I've been in. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But you did well. You didn't die. Yeah, I mean, you nearly died a couple of times. I nearly did. Yeah. Um, but hey ho, and you're it, about the, the, third of the, the way tomb through. is meant to kill you, and yep. I'm alive. So you're so doing far, well. So doing far, really good job. So far, so good. I mean, you've taken a lot of damage. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm and, quite low. I'm definitely going to die next session. There, there was a moment when you fell down a hundred foot pit trap, and you were like, "I'm gonna." climb up and i was like okay how and you were you were about to just like let yourself stay down there and die of hunger i was and yeah i was fully convinced i was like and then you no remembered you had bitterns and a climber's yeah, kit yeah yeah, yeah um, it, i i was like i'm done for i may as well just give up now where's my where's my backup character that i didn't make um if if that um if you had been one minute slower in climbing out of that pit and the roof had sealed you would have been sealed in there forever <laughs> That was yeah. I was so, so that was so yeah, good. You nearly, that it was you just nearly one minute locked like, yourself into into nearly. Uh, your own your own casket, basically. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I had a good sad. time with that. I yeah, I am looking forward to running actual <laughs> actual D and D our our actual campaigns. Um, I've missed them, so that would be yeah. good. And I'm I just want to freaking get the ball rolling again and get us back into a, a routine and. I'm back into the story. Yeah, I just want I just I just I just miss all of the characters. It's like when you mm. have to wait between seasons of a show mm. and you're like, yeah, but I was so captivated by that season. It happens every September. We'll get back into it yeah. and then we'll have a good couple of months and then it will be um Christmas. Then it'll be Christmas break <laughs> and then it'll be the new year and we'll we'll leap back yeah. into the new year and and get the most out of uh, those winter months as we can. Um, should we talk about the thing we're going to talk about today? Oh yeah, what are we talking about today, Ben? Today we're talking about how to run prison breaks and heists in Dungeons and or Dragons. Okay, it's good that you told me about that preemptively because I prepared I did, some ideas for that one. I I did tell you that's what we were doing today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, I wasn't being sarcastic either, by the oh. way. I was being <laughs> genuine. <laughs> My sarcasm has got to the point where it's so like the, so the way dry. I normally speak that nobody can tell if I'm being serious. I, like, I apologise. Are you being serious? No, that was um, that was that was truth. I okay, genuinely good. prepared it. <laughs> okay, good. Let's um let's start by talking about prison breaks. Let's talk about those, and then let's talk about heist afterwards because they're both kind of um. They're they're of a similar vein, the way yeah. I run them anyway. The, the advice that I would give, and you mm. have experienced you've definitely experienced a prison break with me. I've experienced have you a experienced bit a, heist? Of a prison break? I haven't. Well, no, I don't think I've experienced what I would I would regard as like a heist heist. Okay, I've cool. had like escapades where we've like stolen an item, mm-hmm. but not like a big go in go out come like out a with planet. like a massive yeah. yeah 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 cool okay let's start with prison breaks then so i think and and tell me if you th- i mean jump in at any point but i think there are two types of prison breaks there's the mm. uh we are in a prison we're inmates and we are breaking out as players or there's the yeah 
we are breaking into a prison to break someone out as players. Um, yes. Both valid as prison breaks, and I probably would run both in the same way. So for me, and, and you'll hear this with heists later when we get into them, the reason I've bundled these together is that they, both prison breaks and heists, are a very specific thing. So with a heist, you think of the planning stage, the blueprint stage, the the activating the plan, the plan going wrong and then doing the backup plan, the everything going wrong and you running away. Like that's a heist, right? When I think yeah. of a prison break, I think of the the planning stage, the blueprint stage, the sneaking in, or maybe the the being the sneaky kind of and like, like getting contraband. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There are like specific tropes to these moments that you kind of have to hit to successfully feel that vibe. Um, so for a prison break for me, regardless of whether you are uh, breaking out of a prison or breaking in to get someone out of a prison, the stages are uh, the planning Mm -hmm. the preparing the execution and the inevitable success as anyone partaking a prison break would call it when i've run prison breaks before i've kind of you can run both ways breaking in and getting someone out or breaking out yourself the same way but I tend to split them. So if you're breaking out and as a DM, you're, play, you're planning lots of, int- like uh, we call them scenes and set pieces, I run them as one big scene or one big set piece, I should say. Um, and if you don't know what scenes and set pieces are, we've got an episode about them. Go and check it out. It was a very if, good one. Yeah, it was a very good one. If I do this myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you aren't running it that way as a big set piece uh, um, which is like a big uh like cinematic moment that the characters have agency in then i run them as uh i don't know what you would call it i know one word for it but in this sense i don't know so um i run them as like a live environment so um one term i've seen online is for a location to have oh, what is it it's a uh not a hierarchy. What's the word I'm looking for? I, don't I wish I knew. T- yeah, it was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it'll, it'll pop back into my brain later. But basically, to, you have your environment, which in this case is a prison, and you have a list of NPCs, guards, uh, cleaners, inmates, etc., etc. And you have a list of where they are and what they're doing. And they they just constantly rotate round so you have guards that will have a like guard a he starts in room one and he at this time he walks over to room b and then he has to do he goes for a wee break in room c and then he goes through uh, his his patrol which takes him this route around the prison and then he gets back to room one and he just and like that time frame that's like an hour's worth of that guard's day right um i've used them before where so in dragon heist when you break into the uh, Grandland Villa, I've used them there, where if you break in during the day, there's a certain set of people who are around and things are happening. If you're breaking at night, there's a certain set of people around and things are happening. Um, but you do that with every NPC. So you have this like hierarchy of all of these things that are happening and how they're changing. And as the players go through the prison, you can be like, ah, it's been this much time. So they get to this room, which means that this is what's going on in this room at the moment. Does that make yeah. sense? Have I explained that kind of? No, I think that's really cool. And it adds a kind of 
it in in the setup phase if they haven't planned it in an hour where guard A is moving around that location, you've got different pathways going on. It really makes it feel as though when you plan it, the planning is important because if you if you plan to go to a certain room, but the time the way the timing has worked has meant that that character is in that room you've got a very specific scenario where if you plan it and you don't expect character to be in that room, it's then, oh, fuck, this has completely changed everything. You've potentially mm-hmm. got an encounter there. Like, I I love that uh, kind of dynamicity of it. Is dynamicity even a word? I don't think that's a word. The dynamicness I just of it made is it what up. you're trying to say. The, the di- dynamicity... Yeah, I think I think the correct would be the dynamic. I just coined a term, Ben. Yep, fine. Um, yep. The phrase that I was looking for is not the phrase I was thinking of, but it's adverse. Mm. It, it's adversary roster, which is when you have a list of the rooms and the people that are in them, and that's like your roster for the for the location, and you can just look mm-hmm. at it and you can move them around as like chess pieces. Um, yeah, that, that's a little less dynamic than what I'm thinking, which is where they all move around and they have like set routes and things, which is a lot of planning, right? Um, it, it very much felt that way when you ran that prison break at the very start of my one-to-one. Which is interesting because sense. that was a giant set piece. Yeah, because that one... No, I'm I'm talking more about the setup. It felt... Oh, yes, very the much, setup was, yes. Um, Like the different guards themselves had... um. And they would have that. Like that's a very good thing to have. I th- I feel like sometimes when you run a game, you you go NPC one, NPC two, NPC three. Oh, they're all guards. They've all got the same aim. Where my character very much had the scenario where one guard would be quite strong and firm, and like mm. you would know that you couldn't get away with any shit. And then you'd have another guard that would get away with bribes and do a load of different yeah. other things. So you could know. Who, in certain situations, you could go towards and who you would have to take steps back from. So, yeah, so this was a scenario where you were an inmate in a prison and Mm. your campaign was going to start with you breaking out of prison. Now, the prison break in that sense I planned as as a big set piece because I was, you weren't the one trying to break out. There was, um, a, a whole thing that was happening that was meaning a breakout was happening. Um, so the location for the for the you know the main part of the first session was set up as this dynamic location with this this roster of guards and inmates and and NPCs. There were there were inmates that weren't named that were just kind of people in the background mm. who you could interact with, and I could I you know I could pull an NPC out of my ass. But if the, I needed yeah, to. there were you established NPCs there because I remember a time. This was quite a while ago, so my memory yeah. of it is vague. And this is before I took notes as well. Um, <laughs> but I I remember that I, I was going around trying to work out when the prison break was happening and certain things like that. But I'd also found characters that I could potentially form alliances with mm-hmm. to get out of prison. Like, yeah. I believe there was some half-orc that I spoke to and I was like, I'm going to get you out of here if I can. I didn't. Mm-hmm. But there was that kind of bond created where um, I could have had a potential ally that would have assisted me in the process of getting out. 
just to clarify, I know what's happened to that half orc. Yeah, uh, they're going to come and kill me. I reckon. No, no, he's dead. Oh, locksmith's got him. Shit. Yeah, that's all because Awkward. you didn't help him. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, well. so so what I do when I'm the advice that I'd give for, for prison break and what I do when I'm setting them up is the first thing I do is I look at the prison and how I'm going to use it because prisons are quite big places, right? There, you can you could run a prison like a dungeon if you wanted to, but I tend to look at them more as the way I would run like a mini city, basically. Like you have key important NPCs, so that's maybe the the warden the head guard, a couple of the guard lackeys. You have those ones who are named, who have key cornerstones to their characters that you can run, who have goals and dreams and fears and all that stuff that we talk about all the time when we talk about creating compelling and realistic characters. Then you have your backup characters, your ensemble cast, who are maybe nameless, but you have a few names written on a piece of paper in case you need them, um, who are there, who have rough goals and rough day-to-day activities then i get a map and i think this is really important if you're running a dynamic location have a map now i'm a i'm a theater of the mind guy this is one of the times i would always use a map because a it's a big place b i need to remember where these characters go and why and when and having a map just makes that easier for me if that's not how your brain works then fine don't have a map but i I also from a player perspective, it also made it a lot easier for me to think of planning things because mm. I had I had a physical reference in front of me that I could yeah. go, okay, well, I could actually kind of walk down this corridor and then go down here, if that makes sense. But this is what's interesting as well, is that I have a map that's just for me with dynamic locations, mm. and then I have mm. a player map. And obviously, they're the same map with different notes on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is easy, but they are different maps. Um, for example, my prison map would have color-coded arrows for routes and it would have obviously the key on it for the locations and the numbers for the names. It would have secret mm-hmm. doors and things. It would have like, oh, this door's colored in green. That means it's locked during the night. It, things like that, like little things, like a key of things for me to remember. Because when I plan the location, when I've got the map, I pop my NPCs down and then I go, okay, how is this prison run? Okay, well, every day for an hour, they get yard time in the morning and a yard time hour in the afternoon. Cool. Here's the yard. Here's the route the guards and the prisoners take. Done. What is the player going to see? The player is just going to see their cell, the inside cell bit they stay in, and the yard. Cool. Everything else can be a little bit shoddy <laughs> because in this case, the, the, pris- the player is a prisoner and isn't going to break out until we get to that set piece point where then it's a set piece and I'm planning things and I'm writing big descriptions and there's big key moments that are always going to happen even though you have agency, which we'll get to in a minute. If it's the reverse where the players are breaking in to get someone out, I would do the absolute opposite and I'd plan the, I'd go to the place that they're going to get to. So where is the prisoner they're trying to get to? Where do they, where are they in the, in the map? cool what's what are the likely routes to get there i plan all of those areas first and then all of the rest because there'll be like a corner of the prison that the players probably won't go to okay that's the last thing i'm going to think about but i will make sure that i know like who goes to this room when do they go to this room why um stuff like that so that when my players say okay ben we're um we're hunkered up on the hill overlooking the prison yard 
we can see that the guards have just put all of the prisoners inside for the night. So we're now going to break in. I'm like, cool. OK, you're breaking in now. It's nighttime. So that means X, Y and Z. Right. It means the searchlights are on. It means this. It means that. Whatever. It means this guard is going home. It means that at two o'clock in the morning, there's a shift change. Maybe the players go, oh, we've just found out there's a shift change at two o'clock. OK, we're actually going to change our mind and we're going to plan to break in during the shift change because like, it'll be chaos already and it'll be, they'll be distracted. But because I've planned the roster and I've planned a dynamic location, I literally can just go, OK, cool. It's now two o'clock. Here's my list of where everyone are and what they're doing where everyone is and what they are doing um mm. d- does that make sense yeah no like as a as a system i think i you could template that and mm. port it over you could even um you were saying the similarities between heists and prison breaks you could even do that sort of kind of template with the heist sort of stuff Oh yeah, absolutely. In the way that they share the same similarities. um, And I think, especially when you've got players coming in, that sense of kind of pre-planning and the roots and stuff is the most interesting part. And then you get that climax of actually doing it, actually like fulfilling the plan that you've set up. And usually never going the way you planned. Well, this is the thing with both prison breaks and heists is that to give the, 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 the true vibe of what they are, the players have to plan everything themselves and then try mm. and pull it off. And you as the DM have to be able to adjust for those plans. So something we'll talk about with heists later is like I ran a heist for Joe during Dragon Heist. He was playing a thief. We'll talk about this later in more depth. But, he, you know, he would say things to me like, oh, is there somebody I know in my ring of thieves who can um, make it so that I, I he, he wanted, he knew the place had a, uh, uh, what's the word, basement that, that touched the sewers. He's like, can I get like some explosives next to that wall so that we can blow them up? and get in get out that way and i'm like that's a great idea i hadn't thought about that um what i had thought about when i planned the place was that there was a basement and it was next to the sewers which was a possible escape route if you could work out a way you've thought of smoke powder because it's been a prominent theme in dragon heist cool i now have to find a way to work out how that's going to work and what's going to happen because that's his plan i'm like immediately i've got to work out what are the potential things that could go wrong what are the things that could go right and it's the same with prison breaks because you get to hear these ideas thrown around. The players will change their mind on a whim and you have to be able to roll with it. So having a, a location that, that is dynamic and you do know well, because you've in a way over prepared it, I suppose, you can just adapt to anything. Mm. I think it's one of the only well maybe not the only but it's it's definitely one of the few scenarios where over planning is actually kind of beneficial because mm, i you, you dip into other there's so much to dip into and usually heists and prison breaks are so complex mm. and that that player agency part especially when the players are trying to get in it's very much 
It's complex in and of itself, but the players' decisions then make it even more complex because they will do things that the complexness hasn't even thought of. Yeah, especially when you get to the point where something goes wrong and then they react in a way you weren't expecting. Yeah. I, I'm actually going to like pull myself back to what I said and, and take back what I said. I don't think it is over-preparing. I think it's just the mm-hmm. fact that this method takes a lot of planning. Yes. Um, which you know is it can be different from the way you prepare it for a normal game or session um so prison break set pieces then and this is what i did with you was mm. i knew that for the start of your campaign you were criminal you're in prison i wanted to have you start in prison have a like life in prison and then suddenly be thrust back into the real world and you were a member of the Xanatha Guild which in our world had just been taken over by Cowrie and become the Locksmiths Guild. And Joe had given me, uh, upon my request, a very big document that told me exactly what his like 25-year plan for Locksmiths was and what he would be doing and why and how he was doing things. And one of his things was to round up all the old Xanatha Guild members, get all the bad ones and get rid of them. Um, And so I was like, cool, well, he's going to stage a big prison break. That directly affected my backstory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Free them all and say, like, come, come to the Xanatha hideout. Like, the Xanatha's dead. Long live the Xanatha, which is now mm. the locksmith. And uh, test the loyalty. Kill the ones that are bad, right? You're in that prison. There are a number of Xanathas thugs there. So I, I set up a, this whole, pretty much the whole first session, right up until the end where you broke out, was a number of days like we did like a good few weeks what, but we time jumped as well of you in the prison yeah what i felt like you established was the hunger to get out you yeah. used that that space of time to establish to me that this place was shitty and repetitive <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's this beautiful place outside of it that is ju- is just like inches from reach and it was just that establishment of that and Mm. it was a normal everyday water deep but because you're stuck in this dark repetitive trapped environment it looked so beautiful it looked like a utopia in comparison if you're thinking of running a prison heist uh prison heist we just combined the two a prison break um my uh, with some with characters who are in the prison who are inmates my biggest advice is to go and watch something like Shawshank Redemption and get mm. those tropes get those vi- Shawshank Redemption is actually a great example because it is a prison really break, good right? yeah um or I don't know, go watch Prison Break the show I've never seen it I don't know um but Shawshank is I mean it's a great film anyway but the tropes in that are fantastic for this kind of vibe and you that's what you want tropes are trope for a reason we've said it for the last five years we've been doing this show you want to hit those those aesthetics those those motifs that are really going to pull and people go oh yeah it feels like a prison feels like a prison break ah that's what you want so we i did that by having you be stuck in a routine it wasn't your choice you were forced to do things you had outside time where you would see the world through the bar, bar gates and all that kind of stuff 
And then when the prison break set in, it was an actual set piece. So you are there at night and you hear people whispering and people moving around where they shouldn't be. And then you get up and you, you are in your cell, unable to get out. And you can see yeah. people doing things like yeah. you. You can't do anything. You are. It was painful. And it was very nearly like um, I wasn't going to get out. Mm. You, very, you, you established really well that sense of. They're going to every other door but yours. Mm. It's like they're going unlock, unlock, unlock. Oh, we're getting as many people out as possible. And then it got to it. It's like they, I don't know. I can't remember specifically what it was, but it was either like they passed my cell or they just stopped. And I remember feeling like, no, no, (laughs) don't. Don't don't leave me here. And then more shit happened. It was like, which is great because that, yeah, you got to feel that vibe of, you know, in every single show when like the superhero walks through the prison or like the cop walks through the prison and there's people like shouting from the gates. You were that person. Yeah, that felt realistic suddenly, Um, which is exactly what I wanted. And then, of course, it all went to shit, which was the that they you know they'd brought explosives and they blew up the wall and then it was chaos and there was a big fight and and in that in that chaos you had a chance to run and and get out and had some decisions to make and that's where the set piece of it came in because that was like okay this is where i want to show like i've I've written this cool description and i want to show this place on fire and i want to show the yard that he spent days and days in Mm. but wrecked and blown up and i want to show you know the guards getting fought and killed God, and like you're taking you know, me back that now that was that was those were some good sessions those first yeah, couple were those were really fun i remember the whole like escape mm. and and that set up um and then the the i think one of the most exciting parts from the escape was then getting away with it Yes, so because I I had to go under sort of undercover in the city and avoid Mm. guards, and it was it was those moments where it was the most tense because it was like okay, I've done it. Now how do I make sure that I secure that I've done it? Like definitely done it. This is mm. the this is the last piece of advice then for the prison scrape, which is that the prison break, which is the last bit, is when when it all goes wrong, inevitably, because it will, that's kind of the trope. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then great, let your players revel in the success of a mission pulled off, which we'll probably get more often with a heist, but we'll get into it um later. But when things go wrong and when they're running from the law, so in Waterdeep, you were running from guards on the ground ducking through alleyways you know using the chaos of the riot of all the prisoners and inmates running out to 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 dip away but then you had to get away from a griffin rider which is a thing that waterdeep has that was terrifying and and that was you one guard on one griffin yeah it was prowling around the roofs leaping down in the in, uh, in the alleyway cutting you off and you had to dump down another super scary it was like you'd run from one crate hide behind that you'd really find it and then there's just this thing that kind of crash lands and is looking around and can sniff you out it was like the tension was high and it was and like that's easy to achieve at a low level 
because yeah. you're low level. But you can do that at high levels too, because if you're an inmate in prison, you've got no armor, you've got no spell components, you've got no spell book, you've got no sword mm. or shield. You are you and the and the inmate clothes on your back. Mm-hmm. Even if you've got a load of hit points, you know? I think the the important thing in in terms of like how it felt was that I was completely useless. I I had to use like my brain more than anything else I had on me. Mm. Um and I was a human running away from something much much faster and much stronger than me. Yeah. And you that just it, made the tension just fucking high. I did manage it for a lot and of then- like uh, I need to disguise myself really quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I need to hide. I'm going to get in this bin. It was great. And it was exactly what I wanted. I wanted you to be a criminal on the run in the streets of Lord's mm. Deep after mm. the prison break. But then, then it's like, okay, what about the days after, right? If they've got away with it, there was a moment when you left the city and you were traveling with a, a new companion and you'd spent a few days in the city and like had to be careful and you were avoiding guards as you were going about your business in the city. And then when you left, you thought you were like, okay, I'm out of the city now. I can breathe. I'm free. Uh, you know, I can put the prison break behind me. And then you got stopped by two men in full guards armor mm. on the tradeway. And your new companion was like, what's the matter? And you're like, oh, nothing. Like it's, it's fine. Like it's okay. And you were getting ready to, to, to be recognized, right? Yeah, they didn't recognize you because they were bandits who had killed guards and taken their armor and were trying to scam people. But you thought they were guards, and so instantly you were like, "Shit!" I thought I was. I, I thought I'm, I was free I've of all been of this. Fucked. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. As Dave would say, "I've been rumbled." You've been rumbled, and so it's little things like that. Once the prison break is done, once you've done all of that hard work, you've set up the dynamic location, you've pulled it off. The players have pulled it off, and they've got away, or or they've got captured and they've got they've escaped again. Once all of that is done and that dust has settled, every now and then, just open the window a crack and let a breeze come in and blow all the dust around again, and let them worry about it because mm. that's realistic, um, and that makes something big like a prison bake always be remembered in your players minds yeah it really did and it it still lingered Mm. and become such an integral part of that character story so yeah and what's great is you've it's been a long time since then but you've never been back to Waterdeep so what happens when you go back to that city exactly that window window opens mate that window opens and that dust flies around again Mm -hmm. yeah um, I think something that come to, uh, comes to mind when I think about um, prison breaks and heists is um, GCA. I know it's an <laughs> right. odd, okay, an odd sort of choice, especially considering it's a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, but very much in the setup sense in the kind of foundations it gives you for the either there is a heist where it is a prison bake um but in in the heists where it's like okay we've got this for you to work with this for you to work with we've got this potential path for you to work with all of this you do a lot of stuff where you have to go kind of recon certain locations you have to see where all the cameras are and stuff like that i think that kind of vibe in the setup is really 
important to both things. That kind of um, different pathways. There's not just one way of breaking in and out of this um, prison. There's there's a way you could get in via sailing a ship. There's there's a way you could get in by hitching a ride on the back of a griffin. There's a way you can mm. get in by digging underground with a badger. I don't know, like <laughs> with a badger, different, yeah, different as, as a druid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I really uh, yes. like that kind of setup process where it's laid out in front of you, and you can go, okay, I like this, I like this, I like this. I one hundred percent agree, and I think we'll talk about that a lot more with heists but it is something Definitely. to think about with prison breaks too uh, mm. there is one thing though that you should n- never heist and that is beautiful dice from the dice dungeon website you should pay full price for those well well not full price you don't have to because you've got a wonderful code that you can use it's we speak common it gets you 20 10 uh, off 20 <laughs> fucking hell i'm just upping the code ben it's 20 now <laughs> um you can get 10% off using the code we speak common at the Dice Dungeon website off of your entire order. You'll feel like you're heisting them. It's that good of a deal. Uh, if you go to the description below, there's a link to the Dice Dungeon website where you can look at the resin, the metal, the glass, the crystal dice sets. They're, they're gorgeous. There are big, heavy, thick metal dice that you could probably use to kill someone and then get sent to prison and there are wonderful metal dice that are really light and hollow and and wonderful uh wonderful to to feel the uh the juxtaposition of because they 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 look like they should be heavy but they're so light and and beautiful and you go and check out the dice on website you just sit there and you're like wow they're so light wow Wow, they. I'm thinking specifically of the hollow dragon dice because it still blows my mind that they're they're little mini dragons and they're like these and they're, hollow and they're like metal, metal aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're lightweight. They're so cool. Check them out. But dice aren't the only thing that dice dungeon do. Of course, they sell the D and D five e books that you need to run Dungeons and Dragons. But they also sell things like dice trays, uh, scrolls for rolling dice on they they sell a, a big old bag of hoarding that's really good for if you're a traveling dm who needs to port around all their books and minis and dice check out the website go through the catalog use the code we speak common you'll get 10 percent off your entire order if you are running a heist or a prison break one thing that is also very very good to do is to have great scene dressing setting up that that vibe is so key and it's one of the tropes around heists and prison breaks that we mentioned earlier if you're not great at writing box text that you see in your adventures that you buy but you want to really get your players imaginations going you can have professional creative writers do the hard work for you by heading over to describe.com d-s-c-r-y-b.com that's their website they have loads of professional wordsmiths doing the hard work for you they will have scenes for things like jails prisons jewelry stores where else would you heist uh a a museum with classical Um, art your nan's pantry i mean sure anywhere that you want described any scene any monster any spell any item all of those things that you could want described in your game they will have a piece of box text for you to use they've got over eight thousand scenes and counting there's about 500 on there for free for you to use now but if you want to get access to everything use the code common at checkout it'll get you 10 percent off your subscription every month for the first two years sam let's talk about heists 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 so 
there is a D&D adventure with the word heist is, in the title. Oh, is, is it the one that you talk about a lot? It doesn't have any heists in it as written, Sam. Yeah, yeah. That's really disappointing. On top of that, it doesn't have any advice on running heists, so that's why this podcast is here. Right. We've talked about why um, tropes and setups are important. For a heist, I think the differences are making the players feel like they are 100% in control. So Mm. the the heist example I'm going to use is one that I ran for Joe. He, uh, He and the party as they were living and walking around Waterdeep they found a jewelry store um it was a well more of a jewelry store it was it was a forget the word um uh, a place where you go like they they do suits they do women's clothes they do hats they do jewelry that like all that kind of stuff um there was a proper word for it i forget what the word is but it's a, a shop for expensive clothing and style and they were going there because they all needed to dress up to go to the theater to meet Mert the Moneylender. And of course, while there, Joe's character, Cowrie, was casing the joint. And he went, Ben, I'm going to note this and I want to come back and steal things from this man. And I said, okay, Joe, cool. Let it be. A few times he mentioned it. I was like, okay, I'm going to plan a proper heist because he wants to go and he wants to steal. He's seen there's lots of like expensive stuff in there. Cool. So what I did was, first things first, is I planned the location as a DM. It was what's the prep that I have to do to run it. So I the map. I uh, listed all of the stuff needed um, for like what like what could he steal? Where was it? Um, where was it kept? Was it put somewhere overnight? All that stuff. So I think there was there was like fabrics he could steal that were worth gold. I think in the end the the whole place if he got everything was worth like thirteen thousand gold pieces, but. There were expensive watches, there was fabrics, there was fully made suits, there was um, like necklaces and rings and stuff like that. And then in the back, there was a big safe, a big special safe that had a special name and a code and it was made by special safe brothers and it would be a safe that he recognised because he's a big thief, right? Safe There's- brothers. Love safe that. brothers they weren't called the safe brothers. I mean, a couple of brothers who made yeah. safes, leave it be. Anyway, it was this big like trope bit where like he was going to get there and see this safe and be like, Oh, my arch nemesis, the three lock safe with the, I think it was called the fire vault or something where if you, you didn't crack all three locks, if you failed a certain number of times, it, uh, a root of fire rune on the inside went off and it, um, destroys everything in it. No, no, it used fire to, to melt the seam in the door and seal it shut. (gasps) And it was like so thick that you couldn't like, it would take hours and hours to break into and it was a lot of noise and like it was magically boarded and stuff so that was the thing right so i i planned the the building i planned all of the things he could steal and the gold value and this is important if you're doing a heist for things with gold value you need to work out okay if they get away with all of it how much money are they going to have because that can derail a game so that's something you need to think about um then i was like okay what happens like, is there a basement? I put a basement in. Is it connected to the sewer? I connected it to the sewer so that there was a potential way to get away. Um, and then the next thing was, okay, we're in a magical world. This is a very expensive shop. How is everything protected? I had one thing, I think it was where there were necklaces or something where it would try and chop your finger off and it would lock the tip of your finger away in a secret compartment so that you could be magically located. Identified. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, and Joe set that off and it like got his finger and he had to like, he spent like ages trying to get his finger out, uh, which he did manage to do. Um, there were ones that just tried to like uh, use spells and runes to freeze you in place. Um, there were ones that tried to put you to sleep. They're like all these things to basically either if they couldn't incapacitate you and keep you there, they wanted to keep a piece of you so that you could be found. So I put loads of traps like that in place. I had the big safe in the back, which when Joe got to, I was like, he's like, do I recognize the safe? I'm like, yeah, you recognize the safe. This is a, this is a fire vault 3000. And he's like, fuck, not a fire vault 3000. I'm like, yeah, you know exactly how this works. It's got three locks and it does this, this, and this. And like, so he had this fun moment of like, going up against the safe. And it was really hard. Like I think the first, the, the DCs were like 20, 20, 25. It was really hard to get into. It wasn't just pick lock. Like it was, it was hard. Um, and he managed it. So all of this stuff, right. I thought about all of that before I then went to Joe and said, okay, how serious are you about this heist? And he was like, oh no, I really want to do it. And I went, okay, cool. Let's make moves in the game for you to start setting that up. Then I said, I'm ready for it. And he was like, oh shit. Okay, cool. And at that point, Joe was like, okay, I'm, and he's, he was a big role player. He was playing this thief. He was like, okay, well, I want to like start scouting it out and start asking around. And this is where you then as a DM have to make the player believe they come up with everything. And a few things they will come up with, but there'll be things that you have in mind too. So things like I knew which guards patrolled that street and which ones knew about the shop and the, which ones were slightly higher than the rest and had magic and which ones didn't stuff like that he's like oh, i want to case the joint and see if there are any guards and i'm like oh, yeah there are you know little things like that um he was like oh i want to i'm going to talk to my um criminal friends and see if i can get a blueprint of the shop and i was like yes you can so i got him a blueprint so he knew the layout of the store and like the fact that there was a basement um that was stuff that he came up with. If your player is struggling to come up with things, you hack, you can kind of seed the ideas. So it's like, oh, if only you knew the layout or knew someone who did know the layout. And then they'll be like, oh, how do mm. I get that? Um, oh, if only you knew if there was going to be any guards on shift that night. Oh, I know someone who works for the city watch. Things like that. Little like seed Guiding ideas. questions. Mm -hmm. mm. It got to the point where he was like, okay, I know who, I know the guard pattern i've spent some downtime when everyone else was doing their own downtime to watch the thing one night to see how it moves at night time and like how busy the street is and stuff i know when the shopkeeper's going to be out and what time he clocks out he like he planned everything he's like i know how i'm gonna get out he leaves i was like okay what are you what are you gonna do if you like get everything that's a lot of items he's like oh okay i've got this i've got that like it was a bit of a you know i would ask him questions as M like as npcs in the party and stuff he'd be like oh i'm he started talking to his party members, which is something we'll get to in a second. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to go do a job. Like, does anyone want to help me? And if there was an NPC, he'd be like, well, how are you going to carry everything? Like just helping him along the way a little bit to make sure that certain tropes were hit. So he had that planning stage. He had the stage where he had the blueprints and he was sat down looking at them. He then started to gather a crew, which is another key heist pit thing. He's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I need someone to help me um, scout it out. So he hired Orlo to use his arcane eye. You can, yeah, you can also in those moments, going back to the GTA thing, mm. um, picking different, having like a, a kind of pool of people to choose from. Exactly, right. That you can use. Like, this one's really good, but they're going to want more out of it. Or this one's really bad, 
But they don't they don't want much. You don't And this is where much. if you've got one thief, you want them to look to the party too, because then they've mm. got to convince the party members. So Brom is the druid. He was he he can get in the building and open the door for Cowry without him having to do the whole break a window or whatever. But he has to convince Brom because Brom's a very good hearted person. Mm. Um and then it's like, oh okay, he like the party members, they don't want to be involved, but like they don't want to break in with him, but they'll help him up to a point if they get a cut. And that brings the rest of the group in because this is the thing with the heist. If you've only got one thief, you need a way to bring everyone else back into it too. And that's a good way. The forming of the crew is a great way. And if all of the party members say, oh yeah, we don't want to get involved. We're good people. Let the, the thief character in this instance, you know, go and hire a crew of NPCs that the players will then play for a session. So that they're still part yeah. of it and they're still part of the heist. And it's like a fun little side adventure thing. Um, so he did that. He formed a crew and he sat down and he was like the boss and he gave them all a plan and told them what he wanted and they agreed and they went off and did it. Um, and then you get back into that kind of the stuff we've already talked about. Like, is it a dynamic location? There are guards, they're on patrol, on the street, etc. What happens if an alarm goes off? What happens if this goes off? What happens if a trap gets set? What are the repercussions of Cowrie losing his finger and not getting it back? Like stuff you need to... What about when he blows up the sewer? All that stuff you plan as a DM away from the game. And then you adapt to things as they happen, right? And um, yeah, I mean, with Cowrie's heist, he managed to get away with everything. And he like got a bag of holding. I think the party, no, the party had a bag of holding and he had to convince Kiro, the other wizard, to let him use it. Yeah. Please and, like, that, let me that, use your bag of holding. That was part of yes. the f- forming of the crew. Um, like what's the cost to, to hiring that bag out basically. Um, and then he got, a, got away with all the goods and was like, I'm going to take it to my fence. And I'm like, okay, well your fence isn't going to be able to move all of this stuff. No, there's a lot here. Mm. So then there was like this other thing they hadn't thought about, which was how do I hide the goods and how do I like every time yeah, we've got the, we've the, got the watchful the order shit. come to the bar, like they might find all this stolen stuff and that that's huh. that's a lot of fun. That painting that looks very familiar. Where did you get that? I feel like I rambled a lot there. Was everything I was saying making sense? Were you following that? No, it made a lot of sense. And okay, it was good. like very, very useful anecdotes. Um, and I think I think that, that that's the best thing you can get. And I, I learn very much in that sense of, uh, I learn from other people's experiences. So I hope uh, people listening are very similar to me in that aspect. Um, Do you have any questions but, about heists? Um. Not particularly, mm-hmm. and I think it is, I mean, I haven't ever got to a point where I've wanted to set up a heist. I've got a, a heist game with, like, a hook, but I want to play in it, but I've never got to the point where I've, I've really um, ran it, but I've always, I've always wanted to be in them. They're definitely the part of D&D that I want to play in because I like that prep stage. I like the the initial breakout or get away with goods. And then I like that kind of uh, calm after the storm scenario where it's like, okay, now you've got to deal with all of the shit you did mm-hmm. and kind of 
move on with that. Um, so the parts of that I find really exciting. And every moment that you were describing my brain, it, and it is because GTA is built as a heist game. It's meant mm. to be a game where like all of the processes are pulling off the next big grand robbery in stupid ways. Um, but all of that felt... I, I'm just imagining like looking through the screens with all the kind of like prison sheets and Orlo just standing there with the kind of prison uh, thing where it's like, oh, you can hire him for 20 grand. He's mm-hmm. high on the magic scale and high on intelligence, but he, his percentage that he wants is like a good 60. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's also Gary who's... Low magic, Gary the Gary the Apprentice Wizard. <laughs> yeah, low low magic, middling intelligence, but he only wants thirty percent. So like mm. all of those things are like that's that's me really go, good too. Okay. Yeah, if you're like if you're gonna go through that crew hiring stage, like come up with some like shitty crew members that could make things go wrong. Like or you hire I, Orlo and you've got RKI, yeah. like this amazing surveillance spell. You hire Gary and he can make you look like you're behind an illusionary wall. Great. <laughs> you know, like yeah. yeah. And it's like having having those choices of okay, I can get more out of this if I go cheap. Mm. But it, like, I get more out of this, but overall, I could end up with less because I'm going the cheap route. Like, just the, that part of it is really interesting. I think the getaway is always fun. Like, are you getting away on a horse and cart? Are you going to teleport away like teleport is probably an easier option at those high levels just teleporting straight out yeah. are you going to try and get away inconspicuously like walking through the streets with with the bags with everything hidden mm-hmm. are you going to have to go through sewers and then you've got that awkward moment of finding an exit point and whether that exit point in the sewers is going to lead you out to some guards this is just all loads like- of it great stuff to think about as the yeah. game, but also stuff that can change on the fly and so you've got to be ready for that and what's fun as well what we haven't talked about is like a level like you can run a heist at a really low level you can run a heist at a really high level and they can be two very different or very similar experiences so don't mm. i wouldn't think of this as something that's level capped to like a lower level because you want guards to be a problem guards are always a problem if you don't want to get caught and trust me if you're in the city you don't want to get caught because uh, that's just going to cause you so many problems. Because it's um, not just going to be four guards. It's going to no. be... Oh, it's the whole you've city's got a, worth. You get rid of those four guards and now there's like a dozen coming after you and then it's just going to keep coming on. And think about it. Okay, they kill a guard. That's a big problem. Because now yes. there's a dead guard in the city. That's yeah. That's a major issue and that should feel like and become a major issue for the party. Um. I think as we start to wrap up here, the, we, we've talked very abstractly about how to do this, but I think there's been some key takeaways. And those are that mm. think about whether you want to run them as set pieces or dynamic locations, or maybe a bit of both. Mm-hmm. I would say a dynamic location with a set piece is the best way to run both of these. Think about your, your tropes and your motifs that you need to hit. What are the key things that make 
Prison Break, a Prison Break TV show, what are the key things about a heist that, you know, go and watch Ocean's Eleven, what makes it a heist movie? Like that kind of stuff. How are you going to get that in D&D? That's the stuff you need to think about. The rest, honestly, is just Dungeons and Dragons prep. You just need to think more outside of the box and deeper with it, I think. I think some of the the key things that are just um, like sprinkles on top, like you don't have to have chili flakes on your food, but you can and it makes mm. it a bit nicer. Um, mm. But time, using time, I think is a really good tool for, for both scenarios. Time for the preparation, making it feel like you've spent a lot of time as your characters setting this thing up so the stakes are immediately higher because if not, you've wasted however long. The same uh, vice versa with the prison break, making that time that they're in the prison feel like forever so that all they're doing is like scraping to get out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It kind of heightens the motivations a little bit. Yeah. And if you can get your players invested, yeah, even better. Mm. If there's a reason they want to do the heist, if it's not just a random heist, if there's something they're going for or if they're, they're trying to break someone out of that prison, if you can get them emotionally invested and you get those tensions running high as well, you, you, you are Onto hitting the goal winner. point. Yeah, mm. got the jackpot there. Brilliant. Perfect. I think we've, I think we've, oh, we've done it, mate. I think you've hit the nail on the head. You've got some strong examples. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, what can I say? What can I say? If you disagree and you want to come and tell us how you run a prison break or a heist, mm-hmm. then why don't you come and join the We Speak Common Discord server? It's completely free to do. You can head to the description of this episode below. There's a link. You can click on it and there you can come and join us as a commoner. If you want more, though, if not only do you want to be part of a great community and join in some conversations, but you want to have private chat zones, you want to join the vibe zone, playing D&D games with us, you want to give me topic suggestions, throw throw away amazing, beautiful character art in our art section, or tell us about your amazing characters you've created, or maybe give us advice on how you run specific published modules. All of that and more is available on the We Speak Common Discord server. It's a wonderful, wonderful place if we do say so ourselves. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of fun there every single day. You can join by becoming a Patreon supporter of We Speak Common. A link to that is also available in the description below. We're on Twitter at We Speak Common. We're on Instagram at We Speak Common. We're on Facebook, We Speak Common Pod. And of course, if you see us on Reddit, it's probably me. So come say hi. Probably. Probably. Mm. And of course, if you don't want to join Patreon, uh, if you're not a Discord user, but you still want to support the, the, the shows and you want to get it out there to more people, the best way to do it, to support us, is to go ahead and share us with people who like D&D and TTRPGs too. Shout about it from the rooftops. Um, that's honestly one of the best things you can do. Sam, it has been a lot of fun uh, talking about this today. Thank you. Well, Ben, I need to go out on my own prison escape. Got break out of this cage that you keep me in. Um, oh, I mean, good luck. I I tell you what, the DM has been working on the setup, and all of the NPCs are pretty strong. So I, mm. my chances are looking pretty high. Uh, I do I do hire some pretty good guards though to keep the uh, the old cage protected. So oh yeah, but you've got Gary the halfwit mage. Yeah, yeah, can't forget about better Gary. Bloody Gary. Bloody Gary. 
All right. We love you, Gary. Dude, have a wonderful evening. I can't wait to play d d with you tomorrow. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later. for listening to the we speak common podcast network if you enjoyed the show be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or D group near you if you'd like to directly support the network and the production of new shows like the one you heard today head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our patreon page you can connect with the show on twitter instagram and facebook at we speak common the network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.